Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome, everybody, to the Boiler Alert Podcast, coming to you live from the Indianapolis International Airport. I'm Andrew Ledman. And I'm Ryan Bonaparte, who's in uh, room in Illinois. There you go. There you go. Uh, coming to you as I travel back home from being in Lafayette and West Lafayette all weekend. Flight is currently delayed, so figured we had time to hop on the podcast. Uh, Ryan, it was a great weekend for Purdue Sports 4-0. and uh, the men's basketball team won, women's basketball team won, volleyball team won, and the football team won. So can't ask for much more than that. No, absolutely not. And um, I hear there was a good show on Thursday night as well. There was. There was. You and I were both in attendance at the Neon Cactus for one of Bruce Barker's last shows. And I, I had a lot of fun. I did not leave that place until he ended his show at like one thirty, And I ultimately left there at like one fifty nine. Uh, and then because I'm a trooper, even though I was driving, I listened to my friends and I we drove them to Harry's so we could spend the last hour of the evening at Harry's. So we, we shut the place down and then went to went to Freddy's, Fat Freddy's afterwards. So we did the whole the whole Thursday college experience. There you go. Perfect. So you can tell by my voice. I was at the piano bar on Thursday scream singing. Mm-hmm. For sure. And then Breakfast Club? Yes. Yeah. So Went to Breakfast Club, got two brothers at like 7.05. We were the first people there because apparently you young kids now go to the Neon Cactus to start out Breakfast Club. So uh, we were the only ones there for a little while. Uh, but, you know, it was it was the three of us um, and then I, and two more friends came and then two more. So we ultimately had seven people, uh, but had a lot of fun, stayed there, had some, some lunch at The Tap, which is across from Chauncey Hill, which was very good. Uh, and then made it to the game in time, uh, no troubles, and saw Purdue walk away with a victory. It was just a perfect weekend. We did, of course, go to the game on Friday as well versus Moorhead State. But overall, I mean, you couldn't have couldn't have scripted it better for us going back home. Uh, this was this was my buddy's first time back to campus since 2010, uh, since we graduated. So uh, perfect for him. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, just and not even like close victories. These were all pretty. Uh, lopsided in Purdue's favor yeah yeah very perfect so well we'll we'll take a look at basketball first and then we'll do football after the break so Purdue beats Moorhead State 87 to 57 Purdue now sits at 2-0 and um first half was a lot closer than the second half um 
Mm-hmm. Purdue just they started out great. Um, I think it was what thirteen nothing to start the game, and then couldn't really find uh, a second gear to kind of put Morehead State away um, in that first half. But still, you know, a lot of good things seen from this team. Granted, it was against a lesser opponent in Morehead State. Um, one of the best things, uh, free throw shooting. Purdue was absolutely great um, shooting the free throws in that first half, especially. But overall, nineteen to twenty-four, and that's you know when you're when you got a guy like Zach Eady who goes to the free throw line nine, ten plus times a game, that's huge. Yeah, absolutely. And um, it was not the most prolific three-point shooting night for Purdue. We no. knew that number was going to come down, um, but. Still, they shot almost 35% from beyond the arc. That will win you 90% of your games, um, especially if you've got a guy like Zach Eady who can put up 18 points on eight shots. All right. You're, you're in good, uh, good position. The one person who really excelled from the three-point line in this game was uh, Mason Gillis. Well, I guess and Miles Colvin, they both went two for two. So they looked pretty sharp um, coming off the bench. And then you had Lance Jones, who hit 50% of his three-pointers. So that's encouraging to see for a guy that I. it looks like he wants to take on a bigger role than what we might have anticipated, and I'm all for it. He looks athletic. The defensive scrappiness looks fantastic, and if he – plays a major role on this team so be it he looks the part yeah yeah I mean if he if he takes a major role I think it'll only be good for Purdue um you mm-hmm. mentioned his three his three for six from three including one right in front of Matt Painter about three feet behind the line maybe four where it was one mm-hmm. of those you just that's a terrible shot that's a terrible shot okay it went in never do that again like uh it, it doesn't mean it was a good shot just because it went in but you're happy with the results, but I'm sure Painter was not thrilled. Yeah, absolutely. His hands went to his hips, and there was a timeout <laughs> soon after, and he kind of got the finger wag about that. Um, and I, I kind of was saying the same thing from where I was sitting, don't take that shot. But, you know what, kudos to him, he made it. So right. flashes of Carson Edwards on that uh, couple shots there. Exactly. And, you know, sometimes you need a guy like that who's not afraid to just pull the trigger and, and give you a heat check. Um, a, a dynamic guy who maybe Purdue has been missing uh, since Carson Edwards left. I mean, I know we had Jaden Ivey, um, but didn't quite have the tournament success while he was here. But, you know, we'll see. Right. I mean, may, maybe maybe Lance Jones can be that guy come tournament time who who will mm-hmm. give you the ball and just kind of push you out of the way. Absolutely. Um, and then we haven't really even touched on this point. Braden Smith was two rebounds away from a triple-double. Yeah. And I didn't know if Matt was going to let him stay in the game a little bit longer to try and get a couple of those rebounds, but finished with 11, 11, and, uh, 11 points, 11 assists, and eight rebounds. Just an absolute incredible game. And three steals. Like, yeah. Braden Smith had a fantastic, even though yeah. his shooting numbers weren't the best. He only shot one of four from deep and four of 10 overall. But um, anytime you make that sort of impact on the team uh, across the board, good things have happened. Yeah. Yeah. And my buddy Thomas, who I was sitting with at the game, we kind of looked at each other when he had about six rebounds and we're like, there's a lot of time left. He could get a triple double. 
And then he mm-hmm. got one more and then he got one more. And then you're just like, I don't know that there's enough time, but you know, if it was me, I would have been fighting to stay in the game, but painter ultimately pulled him probably for the best. You know, you don't want to risk injury just to kind of try to get a triple double. And by that point, Purdue had gone up by over 20 points, ultimately, you know, mm-hmm. end up winning, end up winning by 30. So it was the right decision, but it certainly would have been fun for, for Braden Smith to see those numbers uh, ultimately reach a triple double. Absolutely. Yep. Um, I, I think he got a few extra minutes to get to that eighth rebound. Yeah, I think um, he did. But you know what? It, it was the correct choice on Matt Painter's part. And um, it was still, it was nice to see. I mean, it was something to keep track of too. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, in a game like this against Moorhead State, who, you know, frankly is not very good, that is the kind of thing you want to see. Um, see guys maybe take a take a shot they wouldn't take or stretch their legs a little bit. And you can see Braden Smith was obviously very aggressive on D with those three steals. So I was very happy, very happy with the second half. Um, pretty really improved. And you can really see what this team could be once they get it all put together and once they gel completely. Because when you add a guy like Lance Jones, who's never been on the team, he comes in and takes a starting role, it can be difficult. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, so my really only question is, is there any sort of concern about any of these guys? And my mind kind of jumps to two guys, in Caleb First and Fletcher Lawyer. It just The production hasn't quite been there quite yet, but, yeah. I mean, it's not like they're not putting in quality minutes. Yeah, I mean, you know, Lawyer played 27 minutes, missed his only two shots. They were both from three, made two free throws, um, and grabbed three rebounds. But not a not a terribly productive day for him. Same thing with mm-hmm. a similar thing was first. I mean, 11 minutes, he had five points, um, 0 for 3 from deep. And it, it is so unfortunate because he played such a big role last year. But you wonder if the minute shuffle is just going to cause him to, to not be able to find a groove as he has in the past. Yeah. Although that being said, I do know, or I do assume that some of those minutes that, you know, say Chase Martin, Carson Barrett, and even Will Berg got are kind of go going to go back into Zach Eady and Caleb first there at the five. Yeah, that's probably true also. And I mean, Brian Waddell got seven minutes in this game and, and I don't anticipate him having you know, unless he does take a step forward, which we heard about in the off season, but haven't really seen so far in these two games. Um, I think those seven minutes will probably, uh, you know, be removed from him and they'll be distributed uh, to others. And, and maybe Caleb first will be the beneficiary of that. I'm not sure, but I don't think right. we have anything to worry about yet, but it's definitely something to keep an eye on. Yep. Absolutely. I have not really anything else on this game. It was, it was still a fun atmosphere. I was actually not in the, media section i was in uh general admission so it was nice getting to uh be part of the paint crew for the night yeah it really was it really was it's a lot of fun just to be there in person Mm-hmm. absolutely um so other than that we're going to go ahead we're going to take a break come back and talk about Purdue's victory over the golden gophers and we are back so as promised purdue heads home to the friendly confines of ross aid stadium walks away with a 49 to 30 victory, which I don't think anyone saw coming. Not only the victory, but Purdue putting up 49 points. I mean, did not expect this, did not see this coming in any way. I mean, Ryan, you and I both picked Minnesota to win. Purdue now sits at three and seven, Minnesota at five and five. I mean, Purdue did everything 
on offense in this game. And it just makes you wonder, uh, you know, what has gone on in these previous games to, to have everything go so wrong because, you know, Card had 251 yards, three touchdowns. Purdue had two guys rush for over 100 yards. Uh, Mockaby mm-hmm. was 153 and Tracy with 122. Um, so, I mean, everything was humming on offense. Um, it's, you just wonder what the difference was. Yeah, it's, it felt like the rushing game unlocked the passing game in this one. And it was turnover free. That's probably one of the big factors. Um, turnover free football and Hutchin card was throwing to several different receivers. I mean, you had five different receivers with multiple receptions. Um, and then I know Tyrone Tracy had a 52 yard reception. That's kind of outside the norm, but like if the Purdue's offense can do this, if they had done this throughout the entire year, Purdue is probably over 500. Yeah. I mean, they're certainly not three and seven. Yeah, hindsight is always twenty twenty, right? So I think that I, I would l- like to think that this is not the the blip on the screen where Graham Harrell's offense got hot against one team and then uh, everything else is the norm. I want to see this sort of progression in the offense, and I think that's a nice start. Um, 49 points. Seven touchdowns is just incredible for this team. And we've said it all year long. They don't have the uh, talent pool necessarily to consistently do this. But if this is the flash in the pan that shows where this program can go, I am very excited. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of fun to see things click. Um, And you can Mm -hmm. really see, like I said, everything was working on offense. And I thought one of the guys who had a really great game, just as from a uh, receiving standpoint, I thought was Sawinski. I mean, he had only three receptions, but they were big receptions. He was sure-handed, um, and he he's not the fastest guy out there, but you don't always have to be. If you can be a possession receiver and be a, be somebody that a guy like Hudson Card can trust on the third down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I know Swinski has not had too many uh, opportunities this year, but he's making the most of when he can touch the ball, and that's always important. Um, and I think when it comes to the offense, what I saw that stood out in this game was Hudson Card's ability to run, almost like yeah. um, called run plays for Hudson Cards. And it was very encouraging to see especially there was a lot of third down runs he had where um he was able to hurt minnesota with his legs we haven't seen that in too much this year we've said at the beginning of the year that we wanted to see him take off and run instead of throwing the ball incomplete um so even if it's a called play for him that's encouraging to see and i also i like that purdue had three rushers who average more yards a run. Like at the beginning of the year, that did not seem possible. No, that, they that. Just ran all over Minnesota, 350 rushing yards on 44 attempts. That's incredible. Yeah. And in addition to card, you know, tucking the ball and running when he had to, or else having some design runs. I mean, the offensive line allowed only one sack um, the entire game. And, that is not something that you would have expected going into this game, the way the offensive line has struggled. So 
I mean, I, I'm loath to say that they figured something out after just one game, but I, I think there was definite improvement. And if you can build upon that and go, you know, into next week against Northwestern, it's it's what we've wanted to see all year long. Um, you know, Northwestern is looking a lot better than they did earlier in the year. So it, it's going to be a tougher game than I think most of us thought. But, you know, Minnesota's no pushover either. I mean, they've got talent out there. They certainly did a good job running the ball. Um, had had 115 yards rushing, but they they came out and scored on that first drive. And man, it, Purdue did not put up much resistance at all. And no. that was I, I will admit I felt uh, a, a big sense of deja vu coming as I thought we were going to look toward another game where the Purdue defense just couldn't do anything. But you know they, they they didn't exactly stop them. I mean they allowed 30 points, so that is not great. But um, you know, one of those touchdowns was at the end of the second quarter when Purdue Purdue's offense just couldn't get a first down to end the quarter um, and gave the ball back to Minnesota. And then another touchdown for Minnesota was in garbage time in the fourth quarter. Um, so you can live with that last touchdown because the game was already over. Um, but you would really love to clean things up at the end of the second quarter there because it really did keep things a lot closer, you know, going into halftime 28, 20, instead of 28 to 13 makes a whole lot difference. Yeah, absolutely. And kind of to build on that. So Minnesota scored the first and last touchdown. So in between Purdue was on a 49 to 16 run. So I think this was a little bit more lopsided than the score might suggest at times, but even still, you're correct that the defense did allow a 30-piece. Um, it's it's interesting to see just because the fact that everything got flipped on its head in this game. We did not expect this offense to be able to do what they did against Purdue, and we did not expect the Purdue offense to really just take off like it did. Um I I yeah. guess if that's what it takes for Purdue to win, okay. But yeah. uh, it's certainly not the identity they've built all year. No, no. I mean, look, Iowa wins games 10 to 7, 12 to 6, you know, whatever they got to do to win. Uh, if Purdue right. has to win 49 to 48, 49 to 45, you know, whatever. As long as we have more mm-hmm. points than the opponent, I don't really care. But it's interesting you talking about, um, you know, the yards that Minnesota racked up. I'm looking at the box score, and I guess I didn't realize that, that Minnesota had 292 yards passing. I mean, the quarterback was mm-hmm. only he, – he threw 42 passes. He's only 18 of 42, so it's not like he had a prolific day. Um, but 292 yards is a lot to give up. I mean, that's more than Hudson Card had with his 251. So maybe it was yeah. just the fact that we, we forced them to pass it. 42 times to get that number, but I, I didn't feel as bad about the secondary as I did. Um, but, you know, looking in recent games, but looking back, that sure is a lot of yards. Right. And um, a lot of that just came down to Daniel Jackson. I mean, seven receptions for 119 yards. Um, they did not do what I had suggested in the pregame and to bracket that one guy, but right. you know what? If, he didn't score a touchdown, so he may have gotten yards, but he did not beat you. Um, and you know what? Whatever it takes to win at that point. Yeah, yeah. So uh, a couple things that you notice when you're actually at the game, 
that you don't see on TV. I had not noticed, and maybe this has gone on for a long time, and I just didn't know, Purdue comes out of the tunnel uh, carrying a Chucky doll, like the, the doll from Child's Play. I have no idea what that's about. I don't know the reference, like, if there's something that the team talks about in reference to Chucky or Child's Play or something. But it was very strange to see him Purdue running out of the tunnel carrying a Chucky doll. I have not noticed that. So okay. Might be new. Yeah, it's it was it maybe it was the first time they've ever done it. I, I don't know. I've not seen it, but uh if that was strange. Just last. Yeah, I guess. And and I want to say this before I forget. I was very very impressed with the Purdue crowd, you know, showing up like they did. I mean, it looked it looked absolutely full once everybody settled in. Uh mm-hmm. for a for a 2 and 7 team is I think a great job for all involved in the Purdue athletic department, you know, the ticket sales, the marketing folks, whoever it may be, but it really shows you that these fans are hungry for victory. You know, they, they really liked what they saw um, under Brom with the offense and putting up a bunch of points and, and winning, you know, more than they lost. Um, so I'm excited to see if this program can continue to build because the fan support actually is there based on that game. I mean, for, for Purdue to be mm-hmm. two and seven and to have that, uh, stadium fill up was really, really something to see. Absolutely, I think it's been like that all season long. Um, I, I, I don't think you can really stress enough how important it is to have fans engage in these teams. I mean, you see what Mackey does, and Mackey is known to be one of the best venues in college basketball. It's free advertisement when you're on. You get put in better games, better media slots. Um, and, of course, this has also has to do with the product on the quarter field, but um, it starts with the fans. If the fans are engaged, it really forces the hand of the athletics department to put a quality product out there yeah. so that everyone is happy um, and Ultimately, it's to make more money for the athletic department, but um, if they're making money and the product is good, I think the fans will be happy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said, I was just very, very impressed. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So um, the only other thing that I kind of want to mention is the Nick Scordon and Kydron Jenkins duo are just absolutely incredible this year and i think they deserve every shout out yeah it's just incredible i think um i'm i think they're still uh top two in the big 10 in sacks i believe so yeah i don't think we expected that whatsoever coming into this season no and i mean when's the last time purdue had two of the top even if they're two and three right now i mean when's the last time purdue had the two top sack getters uh, in the in the Big Ten. I can't remember that ever happening, um, but we, I certainly have to go back and look. And, you know, speaking of guys on the defense who need a shout-out, I mean, Dylan Thieneman continues to play well above his, his class. I mean, you know, being out there as a true freshman, nine tackles in this one, led the team in tackles again. Um, he, he has just really impressed the hell out of me this entire season. Um, and, and just like Jenkins and – Scorton deserves kind of all the praise and all the shout outs we can give him. Absolutely. Um, also, how about our kicking in this game? I mean, Ben Freehill oh, didn't attempt a field goal, but seven or seven from the extra point, that is, 
you can't stress enough how important that is to an offense. Oh, yeah. I thought you were talking about the other kicking of the fact that we kicked three uh, kickoffs out of bounds. Oh, yeah. No, no, not not quite that. I, I don't know that I've ever seen that. Um, you know, one, you're like, oh, it's a fluke. And then he did it again. And then at the third kickoff, um, everybody gave him a good old Bronx cheer, you know, like, hey, you didn't kick it out of bounds. Um, and then he had a third one that, that went out of bounds. Man, that's you can't give teams field position like that. Granted, you know, obviously Purdue wins the game, so you you look back and, mm-hmm. and it didn't matter. But you really don't want to do that when we when we play against Northwestern or IU coming up. So it's it's right. definitely it, it wasn't a perfect game. There's a lot to work on, but um, it it's hard to argue with the results. Yeah, for sure. Um, I I I. I just I don't know what to say about this game really. It's it's still kind of like shock and awe about it, just how well they did and how misplaced this felt this entire game. Yeah, yeah. I think misplaced is a good word because it, nowhere. I mean, short of the Illinois game, when have we ever seen this offense this season have the ability to put up points like that against a good right. opponent? Um, I mean, it. <laughs> I was talking to Jed at the uh, at the basketball game, and then when I dropped off the press pass today, it's like it's five and seven, which is possible for Purdue, is almost the worst record because you know you're not technically bowl eligible unless there's some you know academic um, issue there, mm-hmm. and and they get slotted in at five and seven. But five and seven, you're looking and you're like, man, we just needed one more win. So you're going back and looking at every game, seeing what could have been different, but. Um, five and seven is definitely um, an improvement to where we thought we were going to be. So uh, just a, just a few weeks ago. So two games left, I'll take it. Um, you know, Ryan, anything yeah. else about this game? Um, not, not necessarily about this game. I just think it's odd how the big 10 West there's Iowa overall, who is eight and two Purdue at three and seven. Every other team is five and five. That's what, that is weird. There's going to be and, a lot of uh, bull chasing going on. Yeah. There. Yeah, and and we might have taken Minnesota's bowl game away because they've got to play Wisconsin and Ohio State. And, you know, I don't expect them to beat Ohio State, so it'll be them versus Wisconsin on the last week um, to see if they can make it to a bowl game. Um, Wisconsin is a bit of a question mark so far this year, but um, anything that hurts P.J. Fleck, I'm okay with. Absolutely. And Wisconsin's got – they played Nebraska – so that's fighting for a bowl game. But then if Nebraska, or if Wisconsin loses to Nebraska, then they're fighting Minnesota for a bowl game, assuming yeah. Minnesota doesn't beat Ohio State. I, which would be a shocker. So, yeah, I mean, the last two, right. weeks, here in, last two weeks here in the Big Ten, you're going to see a lot of games that matter to people. And, and that's a lot of fun. I mean, even though, even though Purdue's out of bowl contention, it's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of uh, critical games. Yeah, so I think that'll do it for football. Um, we're going to look ahead a little bit but I um, to the next basketball game. Ryan, are you going to be in attendance for Purdue versus Xavier tomorrow? Or today, I guess, when this comes out? Yeah, I believe I will be. Um, I will pretty much leave straight from work and head to Mackey. Yeah, so that's – I mean, they're going to really be Purdue's first real test of the season. Um, I think they're somewhere in the 30s or 40s. Um, on Ken Palm, mm-hmm. maybe I I would have to look that up to confirm, but I think I saw that earlier today. Um, they got 
their their Purdue first test and they're our last game before we head to Hawaii. So um, anything in particular you're looking forward to in that one or or just excited to be back in Mackey for a for a big game? Um, a little bit of both. Um, I do think it's a good test before you get into the big boys of Gonzaga guaranteed, maybe, you know, Tennessee and then maybe uh, Kansas. So it's a nice, I don't want to say tune up game, but it's, it's a progression into yeah. the hard game. So yeah, I think, I think, pro- I think progression is a good word because, you know, we've been playing teams that just, they, you know, frankly just aren't very good. So you want to step up to the big leagues before you truly go against um, what is a monster of a schedule in Hawaii. So I'm really looking forward to that one. Eight thirty tip off. So that will be great. Mm-hmm. Uh, sun will be asleep by then. I can, I can watch live. Don't have to do any DVR. So I'm really looking forward to it. Um, but you know, it, it's it's the last test before Hawaii. Purdue, when the new rankings come out tomorrow, uh, will likely be number two, given that Duke lost uh, to Arizona. Mm-hmm. So probably going to be number two heading in uh, to Hawaii with number one Kansas there as well. So the folks who uh, did the Maui field cannot be happier, I would imagine. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and looking it up, Xavier is 39. In there you go. There you go. I said 39. I said 30 or 40. So that's that's pretty good. So it's going to be a heck mm-hmm. of a test. I'm really looking forward to it. And I'm, I'm pretty jealous that you're going to be at that game, but I'm really happy that you're going to be there. I, I'm sorry. You get to go to Hawaii and see well, the yeah. games? Well, yeah. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. So. so there we go, folks. We'll come back to uh, middle of the week to look at the game against Northwestern as well as recap that game against Xavier. But we're really looking forward to that one. And, hey, uh, maybe Purdue football's turned a corner on offense. A lot of work to do on both sides of the ball, but I love winning football. Yep, don't we all? (laughs) All right, boiler up. Hammer down.